the night before my book was to be launched, I just sort of had a, not a panic attack, but I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm doing this again. Are you a mom with a story to tell, but not sure where to start? Publishing a book is kind of overwhelming. Now throw kids and babies into the mix and you got a lot going on, but that doesn't mean you can't build yourself a thriving author life. My name is Jackie and I'm a mom and an indie author and I'm here to show you how, step by step, to get your books written, published, and sold, even if the only time you actually have to write is during your toddler's afternoon nap. It's time to write like a mother with these mums write. Hey mums, pivoting from being a full-time mother and or a full-time professional to becoming a full-time writer doesn't happen all at once. There's no one path or even definition for what it means to be a successful author, but there are a lot of common themes and that is why I really love hearing from moms that are in the process of making that switch. Moms that are still wrestling with the same challenges as you and me, moms that are still becoming. Wendy Koch is one of those moms. Wendy is a paranormal romance writer, the host of the Juicy Pear podcast and a mother of four. She, like many of our mom writers, has always been drawn to writing but gave it up somewhere along the way between day jobs and raising not one but two sets of twins. And in today's show, she shares how she is reclaiming her creativity and creating space for it in her life, one gut-based decision at a time. Please welcome Wendy Cock. Hello, Wendy. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. I'm so excited to be here with you. <laughs> I love seeing your stuff on Instagram. You are so witty and so smart, and you say and do the things that I really would like to. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Thank you for saying it. Right. Well, I think our midlife crisis women need to stick together. <laughs> yes, midlife crisis. Yeah, that's, that's a hot topic. It is. Oh, it is. Especially if you're, you know, raising children and things and, you know, get, they get to a point in life where they're quite a bit more independent and they're not so much dependent on you anymore. And then, you know, cause you're, I mean, at least for me, it was just, I was so immersed in it. Um, cause I got two sets of twins. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever met someone with two sets of twins. Yeah. That's incredible. Thank you. It's, um, it's chaotic. It's a lot more manageable now because they're all in high school. The older set's seniors and the younger set is freshmen. And, um, but you know, it, it, there's a lot going on at all times. Oh and, um, yeah, when they were younger, it was very, a lot more hands-on. Now they're more independent. They're driving and stuff. Um, the older set is, <laughs> but, um, it just makes it nice to, you know, I can start doing a little bit more of what I would like to do. And, you know, that's why I started my own podcast and um, writing my books and things, you know, because I feel like it's important not to get lost in the process of motherhood. Oh, I can't imagine. I like, I just think of someone who has two sets of twins, like that, the amount of attention that you would get and like the amount of like your identity that could get wrapped up in that because that is such a unique and special thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. My all, my, my 100% identity was them 
there was no like independent Wendy at all. It was just, you know, and that's fine. I mean, I signed up for it, but you really have to be like hands on. So, you know, they live another day, <laughs> you know, and they're like, especially when they go in opposite directions. It was a very trying, t- it was not easy time. I don't want to ever go back to that. That is like trauma. And what's the age gap between the two sets? Three years. What? It's just kind of a lot of organized chaos. I don't really know any other way. Yeah, totally. But I could see how that would be so overpowering in terms of your life. And so, but I know that, you know, you've since wrote this paranormal mystery. Yeah. Great yeah. Resort. So tell me, like, how did you go from being like this mom of like four yeah. kids under five to... Yeah. It was to craziness. Writing yeah. this book. Well, I love to write. I always wrote a lot of stuff. I wrote more poetry when I was in high school and things, but I've always loved to write. It always came very easily to me. You know, it was very easy for me to come up with imaginary characters and scenarios and things. And I would just write a lot of it down. And, um, you know, it was sort of an outlet for me. And as the years passed and as the kids got older, I just, I needed something, um, I just needed something that was mine, and I I kept coming back to like, oh, you know, it was so fun growing up on this summer resort. So during the 70s and 80s, uh, my parents had this really great resort on a lake, and we had eight cabins, and we had a pool, and it was like, oh, I didn't realize how good we had it. I mean, I don't live on water now or anything like that, but... Yeah, they had this great place and, you know, people would come to stay um, for a week, sometimes two weeks. And um, it was just great. And my parents were very, um, you know, my dad was very gregarious. They loved having people over. They loved having parties. So they would have all these parties. And then, you know, people in town would get wind of these parties. We lived about six, seven miles outside of town and we... um, and it had all we had a woods in our backyard, so they would come, and then our neighbors would come, and then everyone that would stay at the resort would come. So we would just—I remember being a little girl bumping into these random people all the time, and it was just—it was fun, you know. And sometimes people would come that you know were hungry that needed a meal, and that was perfectly fine. My dad was the um, grill master; he'd put another steak on the grill and just say, "Yeah," and call it good, and. Um, you know, we never ran out of food and it was just a very fun atmosphere. Mm. Totally kind of different from today, you know, um, just, I don't know, just, it was just a different time and it was almost sort of magical. Mm. And in addition to that, there was paranormal activity that happened on the resort. So I just thought, you know what, I'm going to, you know, look back and I write about these occurrences and I think it would make a great premise for the story, a great resort. So yeah, it just, it's, it, once I started doing that, it kind of took a life of its own. It did take a long time to write, um, eight years, because I was still, you know, raising kids and things and, mm-hmm. you know, when interesting things would come to mind, I would write them down and, you know, the process was really, it took a long time. I didn't know anybody in the publishing arena. I didn't know, know anybody. Um, I didn't know any authors. Um, very hard. You know, and if you don't know anybody that's in the publishing industry, it's just that much more difficult. But I really, really had a fire in me that I felt like I wanted to get this story out because when I was writing it, I mean, sometimes the pen would be shaking in my hand like, oh my gosh, I think this is going to be really good, you know, and that was just kind of telling me like, yeah, yeah, it needs, it needs to come out. 
And I had a lot of um, bad things happen, too. I had half the manuscript lost on my laptop. I had printer issues. I had a lot of different things, you know, um, stumbling blocks along the way. And every time that happened, I just thought, okay, that's just going to make me that much more ready to get that story out there. My story is going to get out there. Mm. And it did. And that was uh, 2019. And it's called A Gray Resort. And um, I ended up winning an award for it. And I got, well, I have a decent amount of um, really good reviews. And, you know, people have, it resonated with people. And they said, you know, it's really hard to put down. And I just, whenever I get something like that, it's like, I feel like a kid at Christmas. It just, you don't get any better compliment. And I love that every time I get that. And so, um, from there, people wanted another book, and I was because I was done with that because I'm like, oh, it took me eight years. That was a lot of work, and yeah. I thought, well, you know what? Maybe. And I do. Um, so I connected up with my old friend Laura Eckert, who's an author, and she really gave me some really good tips and things. And um, she says, you know, this really needs to be a series. Mm. I go, really? She goes, yes, you can't stop it at one book. You need to continue on with it. And I'm like, really? I go, okay, series, how many books? You know, five, three. She goes, go with three. And I took that to heart. And I'm like, okay. And I didn't want to let her down. So uh, yeah, so during the pandemic, I wrote An Awakening which is, you know, it's sort of a sister book to A Gray Resort. But I feel like, um, you know, you wouldn't necessarily have to read A Gray Resort to get an awakening. Um, you know, I, I purposely made it that way. Mm. And it was just more of um continuation of the story, the development of the characters, and a lot of interesting things going on. So, uh, yeah, I mean, An Awakening just came out this year. So end of January, and I'm working up, I'm trying to get uh, reviews for that. I've gotten some great um, feedback from that already. So that's good. Because I tell you, once you have a book go out, it's just, you know, you're crossing your fingers. You know, you, you it's like you're holding your, it's so nerve wracking. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I literally remember um, the night before my book was to be launched, I just sort of had a, not a panic attack, but I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm doing this again. And I put myself out there again. And anybody can just say whatever they want on Amazon. I mean, they can say whatever, you know, you're just putting yourself completely out there. What if people don't like the book? What if they don't get it, you know? And you just have to get past it. And I did. And then when the first couple reviews started rolling in, I thought, oh, okay, it's good. And someone messaged me and like, oh, this is really good. I couldn't put it down. I'm like, oh, oh thank goodness. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so yeah. I don't know. Maybe I need to have more beta readers uh, for my third book or something. <laughs> so I wouldn't <laughs> be so like panic attacked uh, the next time. Because I am working on book three. But yeah, it's just yeah. a lot. And that's a good point. So you mentioned the beta readers, like having done the first one it sounds like pretty much you're just figuring that out as you as you went which i totally you know resonate with in the eight years yeah. <laughs> it definitely yeah. took me like even longer for my first one um i think because you're doing so much learning right in the process like learning yeah. how but did you learn anything about like launching the book from the first to the second Absolutely. Yeah. Well, for one, I didn't realize, um, especially when you're, if you want to sell it on Amazon, that you have to have a 60 day pre-order. I didn't know that the, when I had my first book come out. So 
what Amazon does is they require a 60-day pre-order. So um, in those 60 days, you try to drum up as much audience and as much, um, you know, people to buy your book as possible. So, and if you get enough people to do that, then it won't be print-on-demand. They'll always have the book on hand. Okay, so the first time I had my book come out, um, A Gray Resort, on the day it launched, it actually said out of stock because I didn't know (laughs) that you needed a 60-day pre-sale. I mean, it's just those little things. I mean, people could still order it, but they, um, you know, they would would have had to wait a week and, you know, in the kind of society we live in, you know, it's like instant gratification. Yeah. You want to have that available immediately. I mean, the ebook was immediately, they could have it, but the paperback was going to take a few days. And so now I know better. So I knew to market my second book um, quite a lot more heavily. And so I was able to get enough people interested. So it's hopefully always available. All right. So you had to really focus your marketing efforts on that 60 day pre-order period and tell people like, this is the pre-order, like build it up that way. So that when you did your official like hard launch, you could, it would be ready. Yeah. That was one major thing that I learned that I didn't necessarily know from the first book. Um, uh, It's also nice, uh, you know, through Goodreads, Goodreads has like that program where, you know, you can offer giveaways and things like that. So I did that. Um, that's helpful. Although I wish I would have um, given away more than the amount that I said I was going to do because like thousands of people were interested in the book and I only like gave away six copies. Should have gave away like 20 or 25 or, you know what I mean? Uh. But, um, you know, it's those kind of things, but it's helpful. just, you know, getting your book out there and everything. That's what's most important. Mm-hmm. What other, um, like tactics have you used? So you, you mentioned Goodreads. Um. Yeah, um, so Goodreads is good. Um, kind of, you know, in your area, like go that extra um, communication, like actually stop into your local bookstore, your indie bookstore and say, hey, you know, I'm a local author. Um, would you be interested in carrying my book or having a book signing or I can donate a book or two to your library? You know, just to get your name out there. And that's always helpful um, because you really have to market yourself, especially if you don't. I used to have a publicist. I don't anymore. But um, it's like imperative that you have to do that. You can't. But the one thing that I find, and I'm sure you find this too, is, um, you know, trying to find that fine line of being, um, you want to market your book, but you don't want to come across as being annoying, like really salesy all the time. So that's kind of hard. I'm trying to find that balance, you know. Um, I don't know if I found it, but I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. Well, and as you mentioned, like earlier that you have, there's the one emotional side of launching where you're scared of what people will say. But another part that is, I think, equally challenging from the emotional side is just putting yourself out there and going out, like you said, to like local bookstores. That's scary for, I think, a lot of people to approach a bookstore and, and be like, hey, can you? Oh, yeah support me can you believe in me yeah and there's some that just shut the door in that right off the bat boom not interested um no move on you know and that's that's part of it and then there's some that are really cool and love to be supportive and get it you know Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's just it's kind of funny i think um the extreme and i've had both you know like 
no, we're not interested. Okay. I'm not even going to like check it out or read the book to see if it's actually good. But okay. Yeah. You just uh, deal with your own little books. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you have others that are really excited that, you know, I decided to donate a book to them and um, very grateful and gratified. You know, it's just, you know, you just never know. Mm-hmm. But that's great. You know, the cur- that you found the courage to do all of those things. I mean, it sounds like yeah. you're really, you know, making that progress by taking those risks and like putting yourself out there and, and just learning by doing it. Yeah, you have to take risks. Yeah, I've, um, it's not easy. That's for sure. Um, And then too, that's why part of the reason why I started the podcast too, is I wanted to get my book a little bit more out there to a lot of different, um, you know, readers and ears, whatever. And I wanted uh, an excuse to interview cool people. So yeah. (laughs) And how does the podcast help with getting your book out? Well, usually, you know, I talk to other authors. And of course, we, you know, go through talking about how we got our books out there, just the publishing process, the creative writing process. And, you know, we kind of find our niche and see, you know, hey, do you want to read my book? Or it's a fiction book, or if you like reading fiction, and, you know, vice versa, we kind of read each other's books. And then um, that's helpful. And they always like, it's always good to have a new connection, because you never know where it will lead. Because mm. sometimes, you know, they'll know somebody that, like, hey, you know, they'll put you in touch with someone that might be a cool person for you to know, or, um, be willing to um, go on the show and you just never know where connections might lead sometimes. Yeah. I think that's a great insight for listeners. Maybe they have a podcast, maybe they don't, but the, I think what the takeaway is just that putting yourself out there, meeting new people, networking in whatever way that makes sense for you. It could be starting a podcast. It could be going to like a meetups in your community that, you know, just constantly being curious and open to meet new people, because I I agree, like, I think those real connections are can, like lead you to opportunities to help your book, you know, get out there that you couldn't ever have, have thought. And I think, right, it's such the, the opposite of what we always imagine a writer is, you know, it's just sitting there in their office typing away. Yeah, because there is a lot of solitude to it as well. You know, hmm. Uh, I feel like too, um, I get distracted. That's like, I would say the number one thing of preventing me from writing is finding the time and distraction because there's so many other things to be distracted from just going on the internet and like, oh, I'm scrolling through Facebook and Instagram for what? I really don't need to be. I don't know. It's sort of an addiction in a way. It is an addiction. And I, I interviewed Becca Syme last week. She says this mantra, real quick is a lie. Put it off as far into the day as you can, because what happens is that there's a dopamine hit that you get. And again, she qualifies this saying that 80% of people are susceptible to this. So there's 20% of people that can go onto social media because we know that as independent authors, we need to be on there as well. Yeah, right. And so you can't just say no social media, right? That's just not an option. But and you know, for this 20% magical people, that is fine. They actually can just go in there, do their thing and leave. I know I can't do that. I'm not one of those people. Not me. So her recommendation is to um, like push it as late into the day as you can. Okay. um, Because what happens is once you initiate that first hit, dopamine hit of going onto social media, it triggers a sequence of every 20 minutes, feeling the urge to go back. That is true. We're still all going to go on to it. But 
the one thing that we can do, you know, to manipulate the manipulator is to push that as far as into the day as possible. That is so true. Like every 20 minutes. It is. Then you're like, oh, did I like that? Or I should like that? Or, oh, maybe I should word that differently. Or, oh, maybe I shouldn't have commented on that. And it's just like, oh, good Lord. So you found that one of the challenges now to getting to your writing is, is getting distraction stuck. Yeah. yeah. And then also too managing the podcast and writing because I, um, you know, just edit, I edit my own podcast and find the talent. And, um, you know, I do all the marketing and producing from that. And that's a lot of work. It takes probably a couple hours a week to edit uh, one episode. So um, I do like doing it though, but it's hard to find the time. So I'm like, oh, I got to write a few more pages on book three. But then I'm like, well, my second book just came out so I can chill on that. But yet, you know, um, I get people, when's book three coming out? And I'm like, I just got book two out, <laughs> chill. <laughs> the fact that you can fit in a podcast and be doing your writing. I think it's like a great lesson to people who think that they don't have the time. And then, and I know again, for, you know, wherever you are in motherhood, it has its own, um, right. You know, right. Allowances. Yes. Your kids are older. So you're less like tied to like nap time and that constant, exactly. but, but, it, but I still feel like it is such a great example of, what you can get done because I bet before you started the podcast, you know, you never would think I could fit this all in and, oh, and yeah. right. I found that yeah. for myself. Like I, I, it, it breaks the sense of, of I have this fixed amount of time and we, we have that as one of our, I think one of our blocks. And when we actually push ourselves, you can, it's like, Oh, actually, um, I don't know how I'm doing it, but you know, you find yeah. the time. Yeah. Well, yeah, you can, you really can find the time, especially if you're doing what you really love to do, you will find the time. Mm -hmm. there, there's absolutely, you will find it. If you don't like what you're doing, you know, um, you might procrastinate quite a bit. You might not like doing it and you might not get it done ever. And then if there's a pattern or you might get part of it done and it's like, okay, do I really like to do this? Then maybe you need to revisit like why you're, you know, why am I doing this if I'm not happy doing it? And I'm just like, you know, I'm just out of an age where I want to do stuff that makes me happy. Mm. I've done enough throughout my life that I, I've done many different jobs that I couldn't stand. But I just <laughs> thought, you know, I'm going to do it just because let's just see if I can do it, you know. And I just, I never liked it. They, they didn't serve me very well. And, um, you know, a, one good thing I learned, because um, I used to be in the service um, quite a long time ago but that I could adapt to a lot of different situations. So I was able to do a lot of different things, but I didn't necessarily, it didn't really like nourish my soul or anything. It was just like a soul sucking sort of um, work. And I'm like, you know, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to do what makes me happy. Yeah. Which is be my, bo my own boss. <laughs> but that's you scary. Know. I mean, that takes courage, right? How did yeah. you like, for me, I'm always worried about like the, the financial bottom line. How did you find the courage to make that big jump? Well, I'm going to be very honest and just mm -hmm. say, you know, I have a side hustle job that I do for like two days a, a week um, that, I, that I enjoy. So that kind of helps balance yeah. it out a little bit. But, um, you know, there's lots of different ways you can monetize the podcast. I, you know, 
I, I suppose I could, if I sat down to find the time to do that, I just haven't yet. Mm. Um, it just, making money wasn't my first, it just really wasn't the main reason why I started the podcast. I wanted, my main reason is I love meeting new people and um, hearing about storytelling and hearing about how they got to where they got to be, especially, you know, people that have overcome obstacles too. And um, that's the reason why I did the podcast. And if money happens to come flowing my way, well, sure, that's the icing on the cake. But, um, you know, and as far as being an author, you know, I have people buying books and things, but I, I, I would love to have everyone to know my books. So hopefully that'll happen. I would love to have my books being made into a movie. I've had people say this would make a great movie. I've had it said over and over again. So that's the plan. So I'm just going to put it out in the universe, mm -hmm. manifest it going to be made into a movie one day so <laughs> awesome yeah yeah I, I just um i just think it's it's so important to have a creative outlet for anybody you know it's so important because uh especially now during these times you know it's sort of we're coming out of the pandemic and things but it's just important to um just kind of do what what gets your soul moving you know it's so important because everybody really has a, a purpose it's just the hard part is trying to figure out what that purpose is yeah 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 i think that's a great blend of like i like the fact that you shared that you have like a two day a week job yeah, and yeah. Uh, because but you're also finding that purpose you know you're you're taking these you know creative risks with writing with starting a podcast it's a little bit overwhelming when we would tell people moms like, okay, just follow your creative um, bliss. Right. Because as moms, I think we are inherently very practical because we, yes. right. We have these kids. And so we're like, that's great. But college sharing that you, you still have like some stability there, but you also yeah. created the space to find, you know, your creative voice and pursue those things. Again, it's a great example, like, of, you don't have to totally step into the void because right. that can be very scary. Another thing too that I've learned is it's good to take other people's advice, but you can really get well-intended advice from your friends that isn't really the right thing mm. for you. Yeah. That was, I mean, it's well-intended, you know, they mean well, but it not necessarily for you. And the way you know that it isn't is you go by your gut. You go by what's mm. speaking to you. <laughs> you're like, uh, okay, you know, I'll take that and I'll consider that. But if you're like, uh, I don't know, then go with that and just trust yourself. Um, you, it's great getting advice, but if you're constantly asking for every little bit. At some point, you should trust yourself a little bit. Just mm -hmm. trust yourself because odds are you're going to have an, a person in the same boat as you who um, feels like you do and is going to love whatever you're doing. You know, um, just trust yourself a little bit. I learned that too. Yeah. Yeah. We have to learn to trust ourselves. And I think, again, that's a big thing that um, moms are often yeah not is practiced in but it's important because there's there is no one path right there's no clear option for any of this so you need to be able to get to a point where anyway where you feel like you can trust yourself and make filter everything through your own perspective so absolutely 
Mm-hmm. And, and, and what you said also about being careful about taking friends advice. I think that's really valuable too, in the sense that, you know, we, we also know as we're like changing our lives or taking risks and like pushing through our own boundaries that that can be scary to some people. And, um, they through no, again, no ill intention, but they can put up blocks to us because us like growing and transforming threatens their stasis. Right. So they're projecting their anxiety onto you like, Oh, but it's actually their stuff. Mm -hmm. You're not really getting, you know, um, I don't know. It, it, it's just, it's hard to sort out sometimes for sure. <laughs> and what was the impact of your book, of writing your book on your life? When I had my first book signing, it was just, um, it was a magical day. It was just incredible because I finally had the book in my hand and I just could not, well, the first time I saw the book, when I, the first copy that was mailed to me, I think I cried when I first saw it. I just could not believe it. I just see my name in the cover. I just absolutely loved it. And I was like, I can't believe this is happening. So then when I had my book signing, you know, and people were waiting in line, mostly people that I knew, but there were people that came into the bookstore that I didn't know. And they're like, oh, what is it? And they were waiting in line. And that was just an incredible experience. And, um, you know, this one guy, he had like, just, I could see it in his eyes. He was excited. And he was like, I just can't believe I'm talking to an author. And I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> it was just like, I don't know. It was incredible. I loved it. I'll never forget that. So that really impacted me, of course. I love it. I, I love going on book signings. That's probably one of my um, favorite things to do. They're always really high energy um, events. Um, I love making connections and I'm excited about my book and I think it shows. So you know, I enjoy talking to people. So those are always very fun events for me. They're tiring too. When I get home, I'm like exhausted, but it's really fun to do. I like doing them. So that sounds exciting. And do you do those like around your community or do you? Yeah. I, um, so I, I went to like before the pandemic for a great resort, I had several different ones at Barnes and Noble and just kind of the local uh, coffee shops around the area. And I had one um, a couple months ago up in this really cute town called Nuego. Um, a friend of mine has a really, really beautiful store. And um, I had a book signing there. Mm. And um, it was like right in the middle of dead winter. And I thought, oh, I wouldn't, you know, get much traffic. But it was, it turned out to be really great. Um, the people that came out and supported me. And that, that ended up being really fun. So, wow. yeah. That sounds wanted. Yeah. yeah, and I got another contact from it. Um, this other lady from, she lives a couple hours up north. She says, I want to have you on my radio show. And um, she owns a business up there. And I want you to come do a book signing in my store. I'm like, cool. Yeah, I'd love to. So yeah, um, I'll be doing that sometime this summer. And um, I think I'm going to be doing Barnes & Noble, uh, a couple different ones around here. So yeah, it's kind of That's fun. great. And it sounds like, again, it's that uh, Wendy ethos of just one thing leads to another, right? And just saying yes. And then you might not have, of course, I'm sure you never anticipated that when you did that, that one signing that would lead to another one and a radio show and right. Yeah, I know. I mean, I was just so excited to get a book signing. I was like, <laughs> Oh, wow, you know, and but yeah, and then you get another one. And that was, you know, I like I said, I don't have my own marketing specialist or publicist, so I really had to go out on my own to do that because, um, you know, no one's going to be calling me. 
Um, but I, I have had a couple people now, oh, yeah, I'd like to have you do a signing. But I really had to, you know, put that forward and do things myself and just actually just cold call or cold, you know, walk to into a bookstore and say, hey, you know, um, that that's kind of hard to do. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, they're really great and they're really welcoming. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I just applaud you. I think that takes great courage to oh, walk into a Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you do that too, right? Because you're an author. I've done it a little bit. I did it. Um, Keep doing it. Yeah. But then I stopped. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. So you are some inspiration for me. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Just keep doing it. Just, uh, you know, and not let like, if you have like a negative experience from a gatekeeper or somebody like, oh yeah, we're not, don't let that you know, impact you so much. It's just, you know, it could have been easily as like, maybe that person had a bad day. And you're, you know, really just don't let that impact you just keep going, keep moving forward. Because um, there's always something great around the corner. There really is. Yeah, that's really beautiful. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's funny, because you, you, you're thinking that it's, you know, you're not doing so much. But I feel like, again, like what you're all of those uh, actions, they take a lot of courage. And I think um, it's really great to highlight them. Because when other moms that are aren't as far along in the process, again, they they might see someone at a book signing and think like, Whoa, how, how did they ever do that? And, right. you know, we're, we're taking some of that mystery out of it. And I think that's really important. Right. Because if Otherwise, it's just so easy to not see yourself in someone else's success and just think, oh, well, that's them and that's too. No, yeah. No, everybody has it in them. They absolutely do. If you have to like write yourself like a badass list of what makes me a badass and write those, those things down and just kind of have it as your mantra and just kind of look through it, you know, every day if you need to. And like before, like if you want to hit a bookstore, like dance in the living room to your favorite song right before you go so your energy is up you know because they will you know people will pick up on your energy before you even speak they will know whether really they want to mm. interact with you you know you and i i'm trying to be more cognizant of that that um of my energy to try to not that i walk around Ah, you know, all smiling all the time because b- believe me, that is not the case with me. That's not me at all. You know, I swear, I you know, I have bad days, um, for sure. Because I think too, you can get there's also you can get toxic positivity where you feel like you have to be on all the time. That's you know, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, you know, obviously when you're trying to make an impression on somebody. Um, and you come in there and not, you know, unsure, like, oh, they will pick up on that and they'll, you know, it could go either way. But if you come in there and with a smile on your face and just think of how great your book is, you know, they might take a chance on you, you know. Mm-hmm. So. I know. And I think that what is really interesting about that is, is what you're saying is that they might decide even before, like, it has nothing to do with your book. They might right. make a decision based entirely on how you are interacting with them, your energy. Exactly. And yeah, so they can, yeah, if they come up and they think and you're, oh, I don't really like this person. I don't like, cause really you're trying to sell yourself. Mm. If you sell yourself and you've made the sale, if they've, I mean, I know that's kind of a, I don't know, silly way to think of it, but oh. you know, they're not going to buy a book from you if they don't like you or if they don't really 
they don't really jive with your personality. They're going to be like, oh, okay, yeah, well, thank you. And but you know, they'll you know they they'll know or not if they if you're excited about your book and yeah. Mm-hmm. No, one hundred percent. People don't buy from brands, right? They buy from people, and so. I don't think it's silly at all. I think that is so true is that when you're having those interactions with people, like they are, they want to buy from you if they get excited by you and your energy. And the book comes second. (laughs) Exactly. It is so true. So what's one piece of advice that you would give to your, um, yourself? I'm thinking, you know, before you had written a gray resort, to give myself, I would just say, um, you know, just to trust your intuition more and not be so um, so interested in, in, um, in needing validation from outside sources. Mm-hmm. At some point, you have to look within and you get it within yourself and you kind of have that self-love. And I know that sound, you know, people are throwing that out a lot, but it is true. Um, you know, go with your intuition. It will it will serve you well. Um, just go with your gut. I think that's probably one of the most that's a the best thing um, advice that I would give to my kids. I always, you know, if you're in a situation and everything's like, oh yeah, 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 but if something, you know, and your gut's like, no, that's your body telling you, or you know, your gut instinct is will never serve you wrong. Always go by it. Mm, yeah. And I love that because um, when we talk about publishing and marketing and launching like we have, it can be overwhelming and there's so many different paths, so many different tools, but what you've done there is really brought it back to our bodies, you know, our embodied selves. And like, it's such a simple thing that we can learn to live by is like, just old school, baby. Old school, works. It works. It does. Get, don't worry about the rest of it. Just start with yourself. And Absolutely. So where can folks catch up with you? Yeah, they can find me. I'm really kind of everywhere. You can uh, find me on Wendy M. Koch, and my last name is spelled K-O-K, author.com. I also have a juicypairpodcast.com, um, a Juicy Pair Podcast. We're on all the directories, all the main directories. Um, you know, I'm on Instagram under Wendy Koch 4 and, you know, my books are available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever you can find your books. And, yeah, um, you can contact me at any of those. I also have an Amazon author page, too, Wendy M. Coke. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show and sharing your journey. Thank you. Um, it's a pleasure to be here, and thanks for having me on. Okay, so here are the top takeaways. Number one, if you are releasing your book on Amazon, make sure to get pre-sales during that 60-day period before it goes live so that your book will be available for purchase immediately. Number two, Goodread giveaways are a great way to build up anticipation for your book. On that topic, I just recently listened to a really great webinar by Alessandra Torres, so I will include a link to that in the show notes. Number three, are you considering going to a local bookstore to see if you can get a signing arranged? It is a great way to promote your book. Just remember that when you go in there, you need to believe in your book so that they do too. Number four, always be connecting. You never know who may help you get your book out there. 
And number five, always remember to listen to your gut. There are a lot of choices when it comes to marketing and putting together your book. And at the end of the day, you need to listen to yourself. Thanks so much for listening to the show. If you can take a moment now to rate or review this podcast on Apple or Spotify, that would be awesome. I will include a link to Wendy's book and to her podcast in the show notes. I will talk to you next week. In the meantime, happy writing.